amazed that it has already been roughly three years or we have found a hole in the doxology. Uh, because as many of you know, uh, or many of you would have heard this story before, I think, uh, I was in choir in grade seven because uh, I wanted to meet girls and I failed miserably at that. But, uh, I mean, I met them, but not in a way that was in any way helpful. Uh, but what I did get from that is uh, uh, that we used to do a song based on that song, and that is the song that I sing every time I brush my teeth in order to ensure that I am brushing my teeth for an adequate length of time. So every time I brush my teeth, that psalm runs through my head, specifically the bass part, which I learned in grade seven. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Praise him to the heavens, praise him in the heights, praise him all you citizens, all his host. Praise him, sun and moon, all you shining stars, sing hallelujah, praise the Lord. Bass parts are never the most fun parts. Um, but that was the... So if it's been three years, I guess, then uh, as we've come back around to that, then uh, I, I always have to share that story with you. So if you have the option to have a song be what you sing whilst you brush your teeth, um, then, then go ahead and do that. So um, we're going to be in Colossians uh, most of the time today, uh, pretty much all the time. So, um, and... Uh, Um, and, and what we're going to be talking about today specifically in Colossians uh, 3 is this uh, idea of now what. You know, we've, we've spent all this time in the last four weeks over the Christmas holidays looking for and expecting the coming of Jesus, you know, which is good. But the, but the reality is that now that Jesus has come, we are rescued. The Bible is, is quite clear about that, that, that we have been given the opportunity to participate in everything that, that Christ has done for us and all of all of the ways that we need salvation. Isaac, I'm gonna to have to get you to follow me. Uh, can you go to the next slide? So in all of the ways that we need salvation, uh, we have been given salvation. And so this is exciting for us as followers of Jesus. So the rescue of the revolution that has been made possible by Jesus is here. And I want us to make that quite clear, that, that, that as we come to Christmas and we talk about surely coming, that, that, that when Jesus, Jesus sat on the cross, it is finished. Jesus demonstrated on the cross that everything that needed to be accomplished for, for humanity to be reconciled with God is done. The, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. We have been the beneficiaries of the rescue of Jesus. And in addition to that, not only have we been rescued, Jesus has sent and, and, and the, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has come among us, empowering us and enabling us and guiding us to live the life that Jesus has called us to live in this time. And all of this has happened. And, and as a people that, that have gathered, because we believe this to be true, this then implies some realities with which we must wrestle. And, and this has uh, become quite clear in, in, in Colossians chapter 2, that Paul writes this, that when you were dead in your sins, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, 
nailing it to the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. All the work of God is completed. But the reality is, is that all of the work of God being completed has implications for how we live. And this is what Paul says at the beginning of uh, Colossians chapter 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The old you is dead. This is a reality that we have to come to terms with together and as individuals and as followers of Jesus, that the old us is dead. Everything that bound the old us, everything that tied the old us to destructive behaviors and patterns and relationships is dead and broken. All of that has been done in Jesus. For those of us who participate in the life of Jesus, we have been given new life. We are new and our life is tied to Jesus. Our life, the part that matters now and the part that matters for eternity, is not tied to how much we consume or how much we produce or how much we make or how much we give to other people or how much we can contribute. Or All of that is tied to the person of Jesus and what he has done. And the reality is, as, as, even as I'm saying that, that sounds too good to be true. That sounds too... Clean. It sounds too. It sounds too too great. It sounds. It, it, it sounds like. It sounds like the motivational preacher talk. It sounds like the the miracle preacher talk that that that, that sometimes they do. That that all of it has been done, and that that there is nothing standing in the in the way between us and what we have been called to in Jesus. And, and it sounds too good to be true, and it sounds like too much. And there's something in me that wants to shrink back from that and say, like, well, but within the realm of, of, of what God desires, and maybe we should try and make things smaller and easier to manage, and, and maybe we should do things according to our own faith. But, but the reality is, in this point, all of those motivational preachers and miracle preachers are telling the truth. There's a truth in the core of what they're saying. And that truth is that everything that needs to be accomplished for our rescue and our salvation, everything that needs to be accomplished in order for us to be who God has called us to be, to do what God has called us to do, now and for eternity, has been done. There are no barriers that can stand between us and what God has called us to. That is absolutely and unequivocally true. And if I have shrunk back from that in my ministry, then that is my failing. If I have tried to make God's power shrink to the size of my own faith, then I have failed. All of that is true. We have a new life. We get a new start and with new desires. But that does not mean, and this is where I diverge sometimes from the motivational and miracle preachers. And I think we ought to. Because even as much as that is true, and I don't know that I've done a good enough job of acknowledging and declaring that that is true, there's also another part that this does not eliminate work to do on our part. And we're going to read through this, but I want you to pay attention to the actions that we're supposed to undertake. This is what Paul says as he continues. That in light of what has already happened, put to death, therefore... 
Whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image uh, in knowledge of the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. He continues. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pay attention to these terms that are used. We have been called to put to death what belongs to the earthly nature. We're called to use these, these terms. And, 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 and as we go through this, we notice that there's a balance between what I'm, what I'm calling for the sake of just something to work with, eliminating actions and establishing actions, that we're eliminating things that have tied us to the old way of being and to death, and we're establishing new patterns of being which are going to give us life and life to those around us. So we can see that, that, that we need to eliminate some things. We need to put to death sinful nature. That, there, we, need to, that, that, that we need to remind ourselves that, that when we feel that desire for sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And this is really important. All of these things are idolatry. And the way that they are operating within us is that we are going to them for salvation. When we're scared, when we're weak, when we're small, when we feel ignored and put upon, our natural human reaction is to look not to the Holy Spirit for fulfillment in that, not to our brothers and sisters for fulfillment in that, in order to remind us that we are seen and that we are loved and that we are whole and that we are cared for now and for eternity. What we do because what our old desires did because we didn't understand those things is that we turned to sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. We made those things our God and expected those things to save us. And we know that they can't save us. Any experience with those things demonstrates that they can't save us. And that's where they that's why the issue is not merely sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. The issue is that we are looking at those things rather than God to bring us salvation and hope and life. So when we put to death that sinful nature, we're putting to death the, the, the part of ourselves that is looking for salvation in anything other than the creator of God of heaven and earth. 
That's the challenge. It's not about, I need to change my behaviors. I need to orient my attractions in the right way. I need to, I need to stop desiring more much, just a, a, a matter of stopping desiring a thing. That's not the main point. The main point is that when we're put upon, when we're pushed, when we're squeezed, when we feel ignored and, 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 and put, pushed aside, do we turn for hope and, and, and reassurance to God? Do we return to hope for hope and reassurance to Jesus? Do we remember his salvation and his message among us? Or do we turn to those same things that used to make us feel terrible about ourselves? That's a decision that we have to make. We need to rid ourselves of old reactions. And I think that this is an interesting thing here where it says, rid yourselves of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. We're ridding ourselves, and these, these things that we're talking about are reactions to the world around us. That when the world acts, then we feel, and we feel powerless, then, then from us we get anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language. Okay? That, 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 that these are reactions to the world around us. And what we're, what we're challenged to do instead is to clothe ourselves in new actions. To realize that we, when we are pushed, when the world is happening to us, that we are not powerless. But that we have replaced those, those reactions of fear and, and, and hatred and, and, and ignorance with these things. That we're going to start off from a position of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That we're going to start from that position, that we're going to put those on so we're no longer reacting to the world as it happens around us, but that we were acting in the world before it happens. So that before the person cuts us off in traffic, before we run into another opportunity that bank bureaucracies are using to exploit our money, before we run into another Part, uh, another example when someone that we love or care about betrays us and treats us in ways that we never expected, that before we do any of those things, we start from a position of compassion, kindness, humility, and gentleness, and patience. That's an establishing action. We're, we're, we're putting that off. So we're not going to react to the world. We're going to act in the midst of it beforehand. We're going to forgive others as you have been forgiven. And this is so incredibly important that we, that we begin our transformation with gratitude. The Bible talks about in Proverbs how a foolish man is like a man who, who sees his face in a mirror and turns away and forgets what he looks like. And that's a reference to forgetting that we have been saved. A repeated pattern throughout the Old Testament is remember you were slaves in Egypt, remember you were slaves in Egypt, remember you were slaves in Egypt. And how often we who have been saved forget that we were ever saved at all. And there is a failure in us as followers of Jesus when we do not remember what we have been saved from as well, when we do not remember that we once were filled with anger and rage and malice and slander, when we do not remember that we used to look to things like sexual immorality and lust and greed to, to fill us when, when, when we felt put on. When we forget that, then we don't have grace for other people who are standing where we once stood. It is easier to forgive someone if you see yourself in them. 
And we are duty bound as followers of Jesus to see ourselves in people who are in the midst of failure. Now that doesn't mean that we can't be firm with people. That doesn't mean that we always have to be accommodating with people who are engaging in dangerous behaviors. That's not the way that it works. But it means that, that we do not place ourselves on a different level than someone who is experiencing something that we have experienced in the past and have gone through. And we have this challenge to let the peace of Christ rule within us. That we take off this old self, this old self of who we were, and we let the peace of Christ rule within us. And when we talk about transformation, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about getting rid of the things that destroy us, that, that take from us, that rob us of our joy, and are damaging to the people around us. And we are replacing those things in Christ, in light of what he has done for us, in light of the new reality in which we are living, we are adding things that build us and benefit other people. And I, and I want us to be gracious because these are the actions, these actions that we're trying to eliminate are actions of, of, of people who are trapped and fearful, of people who are, who are, who are enslaved and who are, are lacking in understanding of themselves and how the world works and, and, and people who do not understand things. That's what we were. When I'm raging about something, it's because I've forgotten that, that God is in control. When I'm raging about the way that someone is treating me, it's because I've forgotten that God is in control. And that's the action of a trapped and a fearful person. And what we are called to remember, especially this season, especially as we've celebrated the coming of Jesus, that 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 that, that the angels presenting to us that unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We are to remember that we are no longer trapped and fearful. We have been and are being saved. Our fundamental reality has changed irrevocably because of what Jesus has done. And I think the challenge for me and I think the challenge for a lot of us is that we don't live this. We act as if the Savior hasn't come. We act as if we have not been saved. We act as if we were still needing salvation when that work has already been done. Because when we go to bed at night and we have the lights off and, and whatever you have to get you to go to sleep, right? So some, a lot of people like dark and silence. That's the basic ingredient. Some people they need, I don't know, experimenting with like like sounds of fires and things like that all sorts of whatever most of us aren't feeling in that moment peace most of us aren't feeling in that moment as we lie down that that, that and and whatever and there is no time left to accomplish what we feel we ought to have accomplished at that day most of us are not feeling peace that God is in control that things have been taken care of now and for eternity and that, and that whatever is to happen is within his sovereignty and we will be given grace to, to handle tomorrow's problems on its own. Most of us are not remembering that. In that moment of darkness and quiet, I think a lot of us are feeling anxiety. I think a lot of us are feeling fear. I think a lot of us are feeling anxiety and frustration and anger. And I think we need to remind ourselves in that moment and declare to ourselves, the Psalms are full of, of 
uh, of the psalmist saying, I will say to my soul, we need to take the part of ourselves that is aware and remind the part of ourselves that is scared that we are new, that we have been saved, that we are no longer slaves in Egypt, that, that God is sovereign now and for eternity, that, that, that the veil is torn, that, that it is finished, that the old self has died, and we need to be, remind ourselves that we have been made, been made new. I know I've said this before, and, and it's going to be repeated again because it's incredibly important, and it's going to be repeated often and often because we're, in the new year, we're going to be walking into a series uh, about the, the exodus. Um, from Egypt. But there's this fascinating reality that is true for all of us as, as the Israelites were leaving Egypt. They had spent 400 years in slavery. And in this first generation out, they were uncomfortable with freedom. And when things didn't go the way that they expected them to go, their first reaction wasn't to say, okay, we need to come up with a new way to live in light of this new freedom that we've been given. This is so much better than what it was. Their first reaction was to say, well, let's get back to Egypt. And we see this in Numbers. Just as there are, This is even after the 40 years of wandering. This is even after the numerous signs and wonders have been done. This is just as they're about to enter the promised land. The final step before they receive what they have been given. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. And the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us, this, bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taking this plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Experiencing the salvation of Jesus and not living in the salvation of Jesus is the equivalent of going back to Egypt. It is the equivalent of looking at your face in the mirror and then turning away and forgetting what you saw. It is the equivalent of experiencing this life and saying, I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm going to go back and sit in my bad habits and in my destructive habits and the things that destroyed me and destroyed others. In my slavery, I'm going to go back to that because that is what was comfortable. And there is a, 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 a desire in us to live as slaves even though we have been given freedom. And that when our freedom becomes uncomfortable because we are being matured, that we, we, that we, we think that what we used to have was comfortable. And we need to remember in the discomfort and in the destruction of the in the discomfort and in the destruction of, of what we experience from this world sometimes, the life that has been given to us in Jesus. That there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That there is that there is that there is faith and that there is hope and there is freedom and a future now and for eternity. And we need to remember this as we go forward. See that we have died. Every part of us that we wanted to leave behind, for those of us who have given our lives to Jesus, has died. It's gone. We don't need to pick it up anymore. We need to leave it where it lies. And it's so challenging because we want to go back to that thing and put it back together and carry it around with us as if it still had use for us today, and it does not. 
We have died and our new self is bound and hidden in Christ our God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So that is the challenge for us today. The song that Zoe sang, there was a moment in that, in the third verse where, where she sang, if you left the grave behind you, so will I. Are we going to do that? Not just leaving the grave eventually after this body has died, but are we going to leave the grave of desires that kill us, that destroy our relationships, that destroy our ability to do what God has called us to do? Are we going to leave that grave behind as well? Because I get that how comfortable and enticing that grave looks sometimes. But we have been challenged and commissioned at this point in the light of Jesus' coming and his life and his death and his resurrection to live new because of what he has done. We'll pray together.